You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Just want to give you an update. I don't know if when you walked in, you saw the giant hole in the wall on that side. And if you dropped your kids off, you saw a giant hole back there. <laughs> There's stuff in that. Um, let me give you an update on what the next few weeks hopefully will look like. Uh, we hope to go for our inspection for our certificate of occupancy on Tuesday. That is the uh, inspection with Fort Worth. So if you know anybody in that department, pray for them. Early Christmas gift, anything like that, just say. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, we hope to get the certificate of occupancy on Tuesday. And then we've got a lot of furniture to put together. And so um, um, we are, uh, here to, I'll just give you the plan and then I'll tell you what we can do. So the plan is get the occupancy certificate on Tuesday. We'll have the women's dinner in there on Friday night. That's, uh, that's this coming Friday. So men, come and help serve with us. It's an awesome time to serve our ladies. Brownie points, okay? Brownie points. And then, um, so next weekend, uh, we won't have all the furniture in place. So here's how next weekend's gonna look. We will have that space open and available for you to walk through, um, but we won't have all the the ministries moved over into the new space yet. And then the weekend of the 15th and 16th, we'll actually shift all of our kids down, and and then that that starts it out uh, where everything is rocking and rolling in the new space, new lobbies open. So next week, we'll kind of do like a little walk-through open house thing. We'll have volunteers in places to kind of answer questions and help you with things. And then uh, two weeks from this weekend, we hope to have that thing rocking and rolling. And so uh, I'm excited about it. I cannot wait. Thank you. Oh, uh, And uh, it's just good. I got to go out of town last week and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I spent, I spent my week in the woods uh, hunting. If you're not a hunter, don't judge. Okay. I didn't kill anything but time. And, um, uh, and I just love getting out and I get to be out in creation, get to be quiet. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, man, going into this Christmas season, it's just, I love it. I love Christmas. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I like thinking and dreaming about a white Christmas. I don't want to deal with all the junk the snow brings. I don't want to have to shovel snow. I don't like the nastiness when snow gets after it's been driven on and stuff. But I just like that whole picture thing. Like, like ladies, think about this. It's the Hallmark Christmas movie, okay? Yeah. I'll admit, I watched one this week. Brownie points again, guys. I'm telling you. Brownie points, but I'm a spoiler alert. Every Hallmark Christmas movie is this. The dude in the sweater or the scarf ends up with the girl in the apron. I'm just saying, <laughs> just saying. It is always, you know, it's just such a perfect movie. Uh, anyway, actually, I learned how to sleep with my eyes open watching that one. It was awesome. And, uh, uh, but, but I love Christmas, and I love it, you know, and, and to me, it, there's, there's a, this chaos about Christmas that I think is, is just kind of fun. There's this ebb and flow. I'm not about all the commercial stuff. I just like, I just like the being with family and, and just everything that it brings. It seems like people are nicer at Christmas, people more generous at Christmas, and people more apt to do things for other people. There, there's just more love and, and happening at Christmas, and, and I love it. And, and I also love getting quiet, too. I love like that chilling out, like calming down, like you know, just spending time with my family. And, and we all like that. I mean, we live busy lives. It's just crazy all the time, and it's nice to have the calm that we can experience at Christmas, but for some of us, that calm can be too calm. 
that quiet can be too quiet. And I, I mean, I know that just as much, this is my favorite time of year, that for others, this is a difficult time of year. That this is a time of year where it's a reminder of loss and, and there's, there's grief that's being experienced. For many in our church family even, this is the first Christmas without a family member, without a loved one. This is the first Christmas where the marriage has ended and the kids are split in two different households for Christmas. This is the first Christmas where a parent um, has passed away or for some, a child has passed away. And so, so I know that, that that can bring a lot of challenges and a lot of feelings of, of, of loss and pain at Christmas. And, and, and this message, really, it's for all of us. If you're experiencing that, that pain and that loss and just that feeling of Christmas, the too quiet, then this message is for you. If you're not in that phase of life right now, if you're not in that season, then this message is for you. There's a dual challenge that's going to happen in this teaching today. I read an article this week about the quietest place on earth. It's at, it's at a lab in Minnesota on a college campus. The, the lab is so quiet that the sound is actually measured in negative decibels. They use this so companies can bring a product in to see how loud their product is. They also use this uh, for NASA. NASA will send their, their potential astronauts to it to spend some time in there to kind of get an idea of the quietness of space. In this article, it said that the most any, the longest any time someone has been able to sit in this room is 45 minutes, and you have to sit. People can't stand for long because our hearing creates a sense of balance, and they said that people just get overwhelmed, they get dizzy, and they have to sit down. The longest somebody can sit in there is 45 minutes because it is so quiet that you can hear your heart beating. You can hear the breath going into your lungs. It's so quiet, you hear the fluids in your stomach. It's, it's one of those places where it's so quiet, it's like you can hear your own thoughts. And they said that people can, the longest anybody can be in there is 45 minutes. And they said that quiet is a good thing, but too quiet will drive you crazy. And for some of you, you're on the edge of that crazy, and this Christmas season just seems to be amping up the volume of the quiet in your life. And I want to tell you, there's hope for you. There's, there's a reminder in the Word of God that He wants to give us this morning. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and, and we're going we're gonna to look at a letter and a reminder that Paul gives to a church in Corinth that is just, it's, it's beautiful for us to, to, to kind of start this Christmas series with and start going into Christmas with, because I think that's going to be a good challenge, good reminder for all of us. Paul starts out in verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. What I want to do is you to be reminded that, that if, if you're in a season of, of just isolation, if the quiet is driving you crazy, then listen to this. The God of all comfort is who comforts us. That our Father, the Father of mercies, the Father of our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, it is He who brings the comfort in our life. No one else brings the comfort. It is God and God alone. And He comforts us in not just some, but all of our afflictions. All comfort in all trials. All comfort in all afflictions. And this comfort is a word that we've kind of... We've the, well, the best way to say it is we've neutered in our context. 
Because we look at comfort in a, in a sense of this couch is comfortable. This chair is comfortable. You know, my life is comfortable. And really it comes back to this. It's how do I feel happy? How do I feel the way I want to feel? And we've kind of made comfort this marketing tagline for a mattress or a chair. But when we look at the comfort Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about, the, the comfort that comes from the God of all comfort is the word parakletos. And that word comes from a word Jesus used in John chapter 14 when he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. He said in 1426, he said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you and bring to you remembrance of all things that I've said to you. So this, this word helper that Jesus says, this helper is the word paraclete. And we get the word comfort, parakletos, from the comforter, the paraclete. And what Jesus is teaching us is that the Holy Spirit is going to be sent. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascending to the, to the Father. He says, but, but take heart. I'm sending the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, the paraclete, in my name to be with you to strengthen you, to dwell in you. So when, when we as believers place our faith, our hope, our trust, our life in the hands of Jesus as Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit moves in and takes up residence, that we have someone in us that's the comforter. And this word comfort, parakletos, means this. It is to come alongside and to fortify. It's not just to make us comfortable. It's not just to insulate us from trouble. It's not just to ease the pain. It is to come alongside of us and strengthen us. We get the word encouragement from this, to put courage in, that the Holy Spirit comes alongside. So the, the God of all comfort comes alongside of us and fortifies us and strengthens us in all affliction. That's powerful stuff. And the Holy Spirit does a couple things, Jesus is saying. He teaches us all truth. So he's teaching us how to discern the word of God, how to apply the word of God, how to act on the word of God. And he also said he's going to bring to you remembrance of the things that I've said. Jesus has a lot to say. When we think of Jesus, I, you know, I was, this week I was thinking, okay, Jesus, I could spend between now until Christmas telling the church what you've said and not get close to it. I can spend the rest of my life preaching from this platform, telling the world what you've said and not get close to it. But Jesus has said so much. In, in John chapter 1, starts out, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word made His dwelling among us and became flesh. Jesus is the Word. And he's constantly speaking. This word, this, this scripture that we hold, it's not just a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came alongside of the apostle Paul and fortified him and strengthened him and said, pin these words to this church to be an encouragement, to bring comfort to those that are suffering for the gospel's sake. And these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit and stand the test of time for us today, to encourage us today, to comfort us today, to bring strength in our life today. And so it's all from God. And we don't look to anyone or anything else for this comfort. This time of year, the rate of drug abuse, alcoholism, suicide, all of these things that we seek comfort in tends to spike because just as much as this season can be an incredibly joyous time of year, it can be an, an incredibly difficult 
desperate, dark time of year for some people. And if you're in that season, I want you to know that the God of all comfort is bringing comfort to you right now. And Paul goes on to say, it's, it's not just that he brings us comfort in all of our afflictions, it's so that. So that means there's a purpose in this comfort. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So God says, I'm comforting you so that you may be a comfort to others with the same comfort I gave you. So we don't comfort out of our own power. See, we're, we're comforted by God to be a comfort to others. I mean, that's just a process of how God works. That's the beauty of his nature at work in us. He says, I've saved you so that you can go share this message. Jesus redeems us so that we can be agents of redemption. We can be agents of reconciliation. Jesus brings us into a purpose and a life that we can't imagine or dream for ourselves so that we can be a reflection of him to the world around us. God's always working at something much bigger than us and our situation. He works in us to work through us. He comforts us in us to be a comfort through us. He, let's get to the real word he's saying here with comfort. He's fortifying and strengthening us to be a source of strength to someone else. Isn't that just, it's incredible to think about the bigness of God, just the magnitude of God, and that he chooses and that he wants you and I to be reflections of his grace and his mercy and his comfort to the world around us? I find that absolutely humbling that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator, sustainer of the universe, the supremacy of all things, all things in creation were created by him, for him, and through him, chooses to work in us so that we can be a reflection of him to the world around. He comforts us. Holy Spirit comes alongside of us to strengthen us, to fortify us, to encourage us, to comfort us in all of our afflictions so that we may be, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be a comfort, a source of strength to someone else. Most of the time when we pray for comfort, we take it out of context and we bring it into our context and our prayer for comfort is, God, get me out of this. This is not comfortable. Get me back in my lazy chair of faith. Get me back to good. And God's saying, uh-uh. I'm working in you through this because I'm going to work through you. I mean, the disciples woke Jesus up in the boat one time. They got caught in a storm in the middle of the lake. Storms raging, water's coming in the boat, disciples freaking out. And they were fishermen, so it had to be a pretty good storm, right? They wake Jesus up. Don't you care about us? We're going to drown. We're going to die. Now, we've all prayed something like that to God, right? God, don't you see 
the injustice I'm going through? Don't you see how hard this is? Don't you see that my kids are doing this? Don't you see that, that my marriage is in this? Don't you see my money situation? Don't you see that the doctors are poor? God, don't you see me? I mean, don't you love me? Aren't you going to do something about this? And Jesus wakes up, and he rebukes the wind and the waves. The creator of the wind and the waves can tell them to shut up, and they're going to shut up. But I think when he said, peace, be still, he was talking to the disciples. Like, you boys need to chill out. I got this. And I I would love to tell you that every time a storm comes up in your life, Jesus is going to calm the storm. But that's not always going to happen. Jesus said, into your life, trouble is going to happen. But take heart, I've overcome the world. You know what that means? He may not calm the storm going on around me, but he will calm me in the storm. He will bring comfort in me in this situation so that I can be a comfort to somebody else. We go through stuff. We go through storms. We go, you can call them whatever you want, storms, trials, junk, life. We go through stuff. And that begins to build up a story in us. The power of God working in us through the stuff of life begins to be a source of ministry to those around us. I mean, that's the... There are testimony after testimony after testimony here at the creek where someone says, this is what I've gone through. This is what God's brought me through. I love in Revelation chapter 12 when it talks about overcoming. John's writing the book of Revelation. He talks about overcoming the enemy, the schemes of the enemy, all these things that are to come. And the way we overcome is this, by the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? It's the power of God at work within us. It is the salvation. It is what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, that he bore our sin. He paid for our sin. He took on the wrath of God. He, can, he, he handled the whole payment for our sin that separates us from God. And the gospel, the good news, is what Jesus did for us on that cross. The good news is that our lives find salvation and hope and eternity in Christ. The good news is that we have a purpose for us. The good news is that he's going to come back for us. The good news is that he's going to use us. That's the good news. The good news, the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. That's how we overcome. That's the power of God at work in us. But it says, and the word of our testimony. Hey, the power of God has gotten me through some stuff in my life. Are you going through some stuff? Let's talk. We're not immune from it. And God's word, let me tell you, God calmed me and I went through some life. And I may not be able to fix the storm going on in your life. I may not have all the answers, but I have the one who is the answer. And I may not be able to take care of every single piece of your your situation, but I will sit with you. I will listen to you. I will walk with you. I will do what we need to do because God is bringing me alongside of you to be a source of strength. Sometimes all you need to hear from somebody is to sit with you and say, you can do this. When I think of Job's friends, I don't need somebody to sit with me in the hard points of life and going, you know, here's what you should have done or here's what you could have done. Those those people are absent in my life. I don't need that mess. I need somebody to sit with me and go, yeah, this is hard. But God is doing something. Let him do it. Let him work. I'm here with you. When you feel like you can't walk, I'll walk with you. Well, let's do this together. 
There have been people, countless people in my life, man, that have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to come alongside of me and strengthen me in my dark days. We're comforted to comfort others. And this comfort, it's not an arm's length thing. It's easy for us to say, okay, I've received comfort. And then, you know, we, we, we give a testimony. You know, we'll do a video testimony. We share our testimony in front of a group like, this is what I went through. This is what God did in my life. And he can do something in your life. Praise God. Let's go. Now, I think I consider that arm's length comfort. Comfort. Strength finds its context in community. It finds life in relationship where it's not arm's length comfort. It's not arm's length ministry. It's getting, it's getting into the mess, man. Because Christianity is messy. Church is messy. You know why? Because people are messy. We can't sanitize the gospel. We can't sanitize the church and Christianity. We're redeemed and we're made clean by the blood of the lamb, but we're people and we're a mess and we bring our mess to the table and we deal with it together. We walk through it together. I mean, Paul goes on. He's like, you're comforted to be a comfort to other people through the power of God at work with you. It's not your power, it's the power of God. He says in verse six, if we are afflicted, if we're suffering, if we're in trial, if we're in pain, if we're facing hardship, it is for your comfort and salvation. Okay, that's a tough one to swallow. So I'm suffering for your comfort. I'm suffering for your strength and I'm suffering for your salvation. You got kids? <laughs> hey, it's Christmas time, right? Some of you are like, my Christmas list is suffering because these kids want a drone. What's a drone? I'm not giving my kid a UAV. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, if we're strengthened, it's for your strength, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings we suffer. Our hope for you, I love this, is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. You'll share in our strength. You will share in this fortified hope and this faith that stands on the rock, the foundation whose name is Jesus Christ. And we have to do this together. There's a sharing that goes on. It's not, it's not arm's length ministry. See, as the church, here's the beauty about the church is you and I, we come from different backgrounds. We come from different areas of life. We come from different homes and different places and different experiences. But under the blood of Christ, we are made into brothers and sisters in the family of God that we are set in family. And family suffers together. Family celebrates together. That may not have been your family experience growing up. It may be hard for you when I say the, the, the father of all comfort, that God is our father and he's the father of mercies. And you're like, my father never comforted me. My father never did anything like that for me. Can I tell you, God stands ready to redeem that to be your perfect father. 
Some of you say, my family never comforted me. My family was never, my family, you don't know the level of dysfunction in my family. Here's what I know. Every family has dysfunction. I don't know, and I might not be aware of the the level of dysfunction in yours, but here's what I know. The, The church, it's people, it's messy, still has dysfunction in it. But we're redeemed, and we reflect the goodness and the glory of God. And Paul says this, we're many parts, one body. And when one part hurts, we all hurt. I pray that for you every weekend before you walk through these doors. That no matter what you're walking in in life, is that that we as a church family can enter in with you. If you're suffering, we want to suffer with you. If you're celebrating, we want to celebrate with you. We want to be present in every season that you're facing. Because that's where this comfort, that's where this strength, that's where this hope, that's where the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the body and the family is at work when we do this together in the context of community. So how do we bring this into the reality? Because some of you are facing a dark season. Some of you wish it wasn't Christmas. Some of you are just ready for it to be over and you just try to figure out how to get normal back. I want to tell you there's hope for you. There's comfort for you. There's strength for you. You are surrounded by a family right now. You do not have to be alone in this. And this Christmas, if you're, if you're feeling isolated, lonely, depressed, or you're in despair, you're, you're just in that dark season, I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to challenge you a little bit. I'm going, to, I'm going to take you to the edge of your comfort zone, and I want to challenge you. I'm going to ask you, if you're, if you're feeling that, don't isolate yourself. Don't let yourself get backed into a corner by all, all along. It's a hard place to be. It's a place where the enemy really starts to work on our faith. And he starts to think, well, look, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody understands what you've been through. I'll tell you something, you are loved. The Holy Spirit reminds us that there's no height, no depth. There's no angel, there's no demon. There's no life, there's no death, there's no anything under, on, above the earth that can separate you or I from the the, the love of God. David wrote in the Psalms, he said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. Where can I go, Lord, to flee from your presence? There's nowhere. And you need to be reminded, you're not designed to do this by yourself. We're created to be in relationship with our Father. That's what Solomon wrote, that God has set eternity in the heart of man. There's this connection that we're created. We need him and we need each other. And it's easy to isolate ourselves in times of pain and think, well, nobody understands. Listen, I've had to go through the, 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 the hard times of sitting with, with, with a mother who's lost a child who begins to think, no one knows what I'm feeling right now. No one can understand this. I have to remind you, you're not alone. With a church our size, there are people in this church community that have a story that starts out this way with you. Me too. You're not the only one to face divorce. You're not the only one to face loss. Don't isolate yourself. You've got people that will walk with you 
And if you are feeling isolated, maybe you're like, Matt, I feel isolated. I do, I do. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be. It is too quiet. The, the quietness of the season is driving me crazy. I'm lonely. And I don't want to be. What do I do? I'm going I'm to ask you to take a very uncomfortable step, and that's to reach out. That's to, I mean... That's, that's, that's the uncomfortable step where, where I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone and reach out. And I don't mean just reach out in the, uh, the passive-aggressive, shotgunning a Christmas list kind of way that we do it this year, right? You know, you get in a group of people, a room of people, and you're like, you know what it'd be nice to have for Christmas is, and you just kind of shotgun it out there. I call it passive-aggressively Christmas wishing. And then on Christmas morning, when you don't get what you wanted, you get upset. Well, I wanted this. Well, nobody really knew. Well, I said it. I'm asking you to be specific and reach out. And you might, I might, you might need to go to a life group to get around a group of people who can walk with you through life. I'm amazed at the power and strength and the comfort I see in our life groups. I go on a hospital visit. Life group's already been there. Like, what y'all need me for? I hear of a need, and well, our life group, sorry, we've, we've jumped on it. I'm asking you to reach out. And, and here's what I'm going to say. Maybe you're not in that season of life. Here's where your challenge comes in. When someone reaches out, respond. Because you've been comforted. And now it's time for you to be comforted. And I don't mean just intentions, but action. We like to judge everybody else on their actions, but ourselves and our intentions. Well, I meant to do something. I meant to call. The reality is the person who didn't receive that, even on your intentions, like nobody reached out. Act on it. Don't go through Christmas with blinders on. Don't go through life with blinders on. God is always opening our eyes to needs around us and showing us ways for us to engage. That's what the body, you have been comforted, you have been strengthened so that you can be a source of strength to someone else. And God will show you those opportunities. You gotta be faithful to steward them. You gotta be accountable for them. Some people are like, well, what about, you know, so what does this mean, Matt? So what about, what about the guy on the street corner at the stoplight asking for money? Am I supposed to give every money to everybody? No, you're supposed to do what God tells you to do. You got to see the opportunity and hear God and be obedient with what he's calling you to do. If he says give him money, you better give him money. But I, I'm talking about much deeper than that. I still think that's arm's length ministry. I'm talking about getting it in your space. It's in your radar for you to deal with. It's not drop-off ministry. It's, hey, Matt, I saw this need. The church should do something. You know what I'm going to say to you? You're the church. Get after it. What can I do to help you? But you're the church. You're going to run point on this. We like to just kind of scoot it by. We, we have this, this little thing in our family that has changed our life. Abby, my oldest daughter, has adopted a puppy. 2.8 pounds of fuzzy, all right, I'll say it, cuteness. I mean, I, she's really kind of adorable. But I had to puppy sit yesterday, and I'm not used to that, all right? I got a dog, 
He, if I say, you got to go outside, he goes outside. If he's got to go outside, he lets me know he's got to go outside. He'll lay on the, on the floor in this place, and I can work. This little puppy, no. Well, yesterday, she deposited something on Heather's dining room rug that I had to deal with. Everything within me was like, I'm going to leave that until Abby gets here. But I knew. Is Heather in the room? I knew the wrath of Heather would come down if she got home before Abby. You saw that. Why didn't you deal with that? It happened on my watch. So I had to engage. When you open your eyes to the opportunities to minister to people around you, God's going to show them to you. And it's going to be on your watch. And it's going to be time for you to engage. And it's going to be time for you to go back and set yourself in the power of God that has saved you, that has transformed you, that has redeemed you, that has fortified you for this moment so you will be the one to be beside somebody else to strengthen them, to encourage them, and to minister to them. And we will get your back, but you're going to run point on it. And it's time to get to work on that. And let's be the church. Let's not talk about ministry. Let's do it. Those bags in the lobbies, I'm grateful for you because that tells me you're a church. We're ready to minister. We're engaging, man. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's storm the gates of hell. We're going. Let's do it. But let's be faithful with every opportunity God puts in front of us. Let me get practical with this for a minute. Okay, I'm going to, I asked you if you're isolated to reach out and I asked you if someone reaches out to respond. So let's get practical with this for a minute. There's a connect card in that seat in front of you. And if you're in that season of isolation, if you're lonely, if you're in, in that desperate state, I'm asking you to reach out. I'm asking you to put your information on that card and in the prayer request section, write, I'm lonely. I need help. I don't want to do this alone. I'm, tell us. I'm giving you the opportunity to reach out for help. And we're not just going to pray for you this week because here's the other side of that. If you're in a place where you're ready to be comfort, I want you to fill out that card, put your information on it and say, I'm ready to come alongside somebody. If you've got an extra seat at your table at Christmas, if you, let, let, let's get practical with this. I mean, let's get into the ministry, all right? And don't just fill out that card because, well, Pastor Matt wants to see me fill out that card. No, 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 I, if you fill out that card, you're going to get a call, okay? And when you get a call, you're going to be asked to reach out to somebody because I'm just, I've just said, if you're lonely, reach out. And I've also said, it, it, if someone reaches out, response, I'm going to look to you to respond this week. Not an I meant to call, but let's get some connection happening. If it's too calm for you this Christmas, I got, I, I got good news. I've got good tidings of comfort and joy. That Jesus Christ who has been given to us, unto us a Savior is born. He is for all of us. And in him is life, hope, redemption, connection, family, forgiveness, eternity, grace, peace, mercy, joy, love. And if you're in that season, I want you, your first step this morning before you fill out that card, let's connect you with Jesus. It's time to invite him in.
And from there, he sets you in a family so we walk this together. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We thank you for your comfort. Thank you that your comfort is, is real, that it is substantial, that it is, it's, it's not just getting us back to a good place. It is moving us forward with your strength, with your mercy, with your grace, so that we see salvation become a reality in the world around us. So I'm asking right now for courage over in this room. Holy Spirit, move in this room right now to come alongside of us and strengthen us and give courage right now for those in this room that have never placed their hope, their faith, their life, their trust, their past, their present, their future in your hands, Jesus. I pray you give them the courage to say, Jesus, I'm inviting you in to my life. Come in. Save me. Change me. Redeem me and bring me into a family like I've never known before. Jesus, I believe you that you died for me, that your love is overwhelming, that you were raised, you were raised from the dead, and that power that drew you out of the tomb is what's bringing me life today, what's bringing me strength today. I give you my life from now to eternity. Father, I love you and I thank you for salvation. It is the power of God at work. I pray right now that we all, in times that we need comfort, that we receive the comfort comfort from you and you alone. I pray, God, I pray that we don't just leave this room saying that was a good reminder, but it's a call to action. Give us the strength to get outside of ourselves, to act, to truly be comfort from you to the world around us. It's all for your glory, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at thecreekfw.com.